30 tomorrow night, and now it's like 20 tomorrow night, 22 Friday, 25 Saturday. So it's like longer and pushed out a day. That's weird. Yeah, and um, to be honest, it's actually very warm, and it was very warm today with very high air pressure and a lot of humidity. And it was, you know, it's still like that. And it will be like that until midnight. And that's when the temperature in Corpus Christi starts descending. And I understand you guys are, are far, significantly far north from us. So you're already probably feeling some rain or some some heavy winds. Cause it's yeah, little... not really. It's like, it's, it's, um, I just came from the grocery store. There's a lot of people in there, obviously, like, panic buying, which I don't mean that like a bad thing, I'm like, that's smart buying, if you ask me, um, within Texas reason. Texas loves the panic buy. But, Texas loves the panic buy. I, I have seen entire shell, or entire HEBs cleared of groceries, I've seen water shelves yeah. taken off because of it's panic pretty interesting. Buy. Yeah, because they were, they were out of eggs, mm-hmm. um, I, I had a long list just of like normal things that I needed, I, um. To get some money, I just, like, applied for a credit card that I'm never going to pay. And so it's, like, pretty sad because I have to steal from Satan in order to, like, I don't know. Get, it's like I needed, like, a surplus. I needed, like, a stimulus. And so I applied to, for this credit card, and um, I got, like, 375 out of it. And I'm like, okay, perfect. That will get me some, like, warm weather clothes and gear and then, like, some stuff from H-E-B. So I just had, like, a list of, you know, just kind of things that are kind of expensive, like, face lotion and you want to stock up on like walnuts and nuts and things like that that stuff gets pretty expensive um and so yeah there was like it was like shoulder to shoulder which i enjoy like i like the chaos and then they're out of cat food they're out of uh eggs and i mean out of eggs and then um cat food it's like they only got the expensive stuff left I usually feed the outdoor cats, but I'm like, oh no, I only got like a little bag because I'm like, I hope they stock it up soon. They're, they've been out of cat food for like six weeks. I mean, like only expensive stuff left, but I wonder if they keep, because you worked at HEB, do they keep stuff in the back room? Like, cause, cause like bananas, for example, there was like, I wanted bananas and I got like seemingly the last bananas and then like eggs like I got same I didn't get eggs but there was like one box do they keep stuff in the back and they bring out like little by little do you think it depends on the HEB but no no HEB has significant storage no grocery store has significant storage in fact yes in fact um depending on the HEB that I was in they don't even have like a like if say hypothetically everything was cleared off the shelves and they had to restock from what they had on hand they don't have enough to cover everything they have it's an illusion and most of the stuff is not a fast moving item so like your specialty items your foreign items your um frozen food section and stuff that can sit there for days weeks you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it adds to it. But you're right. Fast-moving items like eggs, uh, toilet paper, water, uh, Cokes, things like, you said dog food. Things that are necessarily everyday commodities, like everyday purchase items, so people buy in bulk. It's not crazy to buy, like, 10, pa- 10 bags of dog food, you know? It's less than $100, and it's a pretty wise investment, especially if you have dogs. Yeah. 
that's what I'm saying. So if people go in and say a thousand people buy two bags of dog food, uh, that's two thousand bags of dog food. That will clear out literally any grocery store in the world. And when you think about big cities like Austin, Houston, Dallas, a thousand people is like one apartment complex. So if you actually do your like the reasoning, if there was ever an emergency and people looted a grocery store, the say zombies or asteroid or whatever, uh, all the grocery stores would be completely empty within a matter of uh, days. Absolutely. Yeah, like, like however fast they could physically empty it. Yeah. That blows my mind. If I had a cat of my own, because I just feed the outdoor cats, right? But because I've had cats and I like absolutely love them like children. Um, you get really attached to them because they're so, like, psychic and we just love our pets, right? Mm-hmm. I would have a garbage, like, can full of food because of what I've seen in the past six weeks. I mean, they can't really eat much else. I guess they can eat kitchen scraps. And, well, really? And it, blows my mi- it blows my mind to hear. I always pictured, didn't you guys, I don't know about you guys, I always pictured every grocery store, like, for what you see in the store, I always thought there was, like, a BJ's behind it, like, a Oh, I know what you're talking about, and I've worked at, like, say, significantly well-stocked grocery stores. What you see uh, in the back is delivered daily, if not weekly. Like, produce is delivered daily. Uh, Things like that, meats, uh, are usually delivered uh, every other day, or, you know, by order. So there's always, like, an inventory balance system from the main distribution centers. That's where you're, I think people forget is that there are things like distribution centers like HEB's got several major distribution centers um, and they're usually in industrial parts of town right with like they're just major warehouses filled with like cereal boxes and you know um, pasta and you know uh, mac and cheese and soap and stuff like that and whenever an HEB runs out and orders the next order of say dishwasher liquid uh, it usually comes from one of these warehouses. Now, if you were going to successfully loot to survive, you would hit those places because they would have a literal, uh, you know, that's that's literally the supply chain where you're like, oh, that's a warehouse full of Tide boxes. And like, that's my picture. Yeah, that, that, those stations exist, but they're not open to the public. So many people don't know they exist. Like, so can the can, so it wouldn't make the news maybe it's like so I'm thinking like the warehouses it's like is this like how much of this is like real and not and like does anybody ever get to see inside those warehouses and does the will the news ever cover that? No, I don't think the 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 no, I don't think it's a real scarcity issue. It's a supply chain issue, and it's a it's a supply chain issue because. They've created the artificial, you know, conditions with the COVID shit and the vaccine mandate and the politics that the people. Okay, so for as smart as they are, they're they're absolutely insensitive uh, with the information that they know. And they, for example, waged a war against culture in which the management class of, say, all major companies and corporations, like HEB, is the woke, liberal, LGBT, very blue-pilled, you know, Democrats, for example. Uh, They waged a cultural war against your, you know, red voting, uh, red statist, uh, 
conservative country type people, your independents, libertarians, and republicans. Those people are their majority truck workforce, their majority warehouse workforce, their majority stock supply, supply chain workforce. Um, and when they alienated them both politically and then basically forced them out of the industry because of the vaccine mandates and things that went against their uh, – their uh, ideology, basically, you know, their religious sense of freedoms, their constitutional rights and all that. Um, the people, you know, like say in Canada with the truckers and all that, they don't talk about how Canada's supply industry will be set behind, like they've already closed down the borders. They've already, uh, you know, like like the, the shelves will not only run empty, they won't be resupplied and, and until this thing is resolved. They have brought Canada to its knees. Same thing with Texas. Right now, currently, there's a trucker convoy in El Paso about to drive to D.C. Uh, we're not in a vacuum. Texas, like all states, uh, is suffering the backlash of the lockdown and the lockdown, the Great Reset, which was basically the American Civil War, except that all the people who drive your food you know, drive the eggs from the farm to your table, basically. Uh, you know, their bosses told them that they should wear a mask and, uh, you know, get double vaxxed and triple vaxxed and that they don't matter and that they're, they're you know, they're bigots. And, you know, it's, you reap what you sow. It's like the feudal world. Really so, uh, you, really, you guys think that all these truckers quit and that not only quit but couldn't work like i applied to heb and i publicly made that that the rejection letter public and everything on instagram because it's hilarious uh you have blue collar working men of able-bodied working men right who are eager to work the hours nighttime shift full-time work stocking produce at the super heb i didn't get the job discernibly for no given reason it was simply a matter of what i think of of selection bias where they don't want to work with heterosexual men of any race uh let alone specifically a, a non-minority appearance because of uh diversity quota hires tax breaks uh for hiring things like our our people who have been out like you know um like already pre-approved by the system, the social credit system is very real. Everyone always talks about China. Uh, HEB is fucking red China, basically, in my opinion. It's absolutely a communist organization. I went to HEB. Uh, you know, I always go to HEB, right? I still, you know, I love it's, HEBs. But it's mostly like women and like gay dudes. Exactly, mostly women and faggots, and uh, <laughs> and people who wear masks. Yeah, like it's not like I'm not, I'm not like always looking like I'm judging but I, I'm always observing my surroundings and you just see a lot of like uh, tight pants with butt cracks hanging out because they're like emo and like, yep. like now, know, funny limp wristed limp wristed kids usually <laughs> kids like very youth oriented hires and stuff and it's like I understand it has a public image and I understand it's trying to focus on its community image but it's no it's not doing a service to both its community and it's not doing its service to itself as a corporation. I have no sympathy or love for corporations. It's just it's big business like anyone else. Big fucking money, right? 
big money everywhere, especially in the the food supply industry, in the grocery store industry, department store industry, basically how we've based our society because we don't make our own shit. We don't make our own food. So, yeah, people are going to starve, go hungry. The state's going to have to step in or it's at some point to help enforce uh, the distribution, um, you know, and to regulate the workforce and everything because the company has overseeded its constitutional boundaries and started becoming a apparatus for the deep state and for a cultural agenda that is, uh, you know, pushed by the federal government at a top-down level, and the federal government is now the globalist, New World Order, fucking Soros, depopulation, Great Reset, Eat the Bugs agenda. And, and you know, it's... Eat the Bugs? Well, yeah, you never heard that? Okay, so all these big... I don't know. The way you tell... <clears throat> yeah, exactly. <clears throat> they want people to go away from cattle and beef into eating insect oh, okay. protein. And yeah, the way yeah. they're doing it is artificially jacking up the beef price. There is no difference between the supply chain of beef when it was... Um, you know, a fraction of the cost it is currently, this is all part of the New World Order agenda to displace and put pressure and persecute the red-blooded American, the natural uh, backbone of the Western Hemisphere, the literal model of the man that pioneered the space age, the nuclear age, that won World War II, and did all the badass shit that we know about as American, like you know, taming the West, all of that. Uh, they want to, they want to, they can't destroy it physically, so they want to uh, subvert it and invert it and try to sterilize it, and and basically, it's not called for what it is, a genocide. It is an attempt at starting a genocide, and I feel now that the regular black and white uh, and Mexican heterosexual men who are masculine and embody that and embrace it um, are going to feel just like the Native American felt, you know, and just like the black felt in the Civil Rights Movement, the Jim Crow era. Where it literally is, we're second-class citizens, and yeah. we're not respected. We, like, say, for example, the, the, the kind of social conditioning that high-class people are academics are, you know, white-collar uh, people affect, conditioned to feel uh, as if, though, the blue-collar are the working-class man, the working-class people are uncouth, ignorant, intolerant, racist, homophobic bigots. But it's just to justify their bigotry and their classism, and that America is becoming very much a caste system society, where if you're born poor, you are expected to embody negative social traits, and that's meant to justify the upper classes persecution of you <laughs> like ew don't touch me you're racist and really that's the, that's that's slang for you're poor or you're white or any other negative uh uh you know social attribute 
which is going to which is now the twenty first century's form of uh, prejudice. Well, I've been in those circles, and you know, just I think doing hair. I obviously I did high end salons, so I was around these people, and it's like they are like an ivory tower of their own, where they it's generational too. Like they've been in that ivory tower for so long, they only marry within the ivory tower, and now you have people that literally. This woman told me to. Um, and homelessness, you need to make the rich richer, and then they'll pass that money down. Like, that was her solution to end homelessness after I told her I volunteer uh, once a week and work a-, a lot with the homeless as, like, a hobby and kind of, like, a side job that, like, didn't pay. And she was like, yeah, to end homelessness, it's just you need to make the rich. I mean, she had her, like, you know, really eloquent way of saying it, but she was saying it like she was God. And I was just like, oh, I'm going to put this woman in her place in like a very nice way. But it's like, these people are in an ivory tower. There used to be a, a, you know, for whatever it's worth, a, um, issue with, uh, religion. If you were religious in America for the longest time, you were persecuted against whatever religion you were. Uh, Muslim, Christian, Hindu, people are atheistic and agnostic because that's the top down. And now it's uh, people are just uh, money worshipers. They worship the rich. They idolize uh, wealth, and they don't understand how it's how it was conceived. And I think that, and I think that's just it. Like there's, you know, the evil is like the absence of good. So yes. it's like persecuting the evil, but it's like it's evil because it's just absent of. And you're right, like, they don't know any different. And so I think it's, like, time to change the story a little bit. You know, it's like Mercury going direct is tomorrow, and I'm listening to, um, uh, like, Made by Jim Bob, Owen Benjamin, and I was listening to someone else today, and it's like everyone's talking about, like, Mercury direct things, like language and words and, like, you know, just kind of, like, communication in general. Mercury rules our communication. And I think it's, like, to mature and and learn that like it's like they just don't know and that's what it really comes down to just because people are rich doesn't mean that they know how to help everybody oh no absolutely not and there are people who are they don't understand the the uh, the literal fundamental importance of working uh class revolution or the principles or the 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 proportions of it because they've made it a virtue to be wealthy as if though they are better people and more educated, more intelligent, more in touch with the real world. And poor people are necessarily poor because they are limited or incapable of becoming wealthy or playing the system. The number one suspect in my fucking uh, recent, you know, you know, list is Lex Friedman. That son of a bitch. Oh God, Lex Friedman is a fucking bootlicker for billionaires. Literally, he, like, is one of the people who would interview the CEO of Pfizer and not, not, not have any moral, you know, qualm about that, any scruple about that. A man who literally is making billions of dollars, uh, and his company's making trillions on selling a vaccine that is killing innocent people that no one needs for a, uh, a, a pandemic that doesn't exist. And doesn't, like I say, someone who's that blue-pilled 
that is uh, public enemy. That is, that is the enemy of the people. Like that blue pilled, um, fucking, uh, you know, sycophant to the system. Yeah, I try to. It's funny because it's like I try. I'm trying to get away from these like, um, like so someone like Lex Fridman. Like again, he's in like an ivory tower of sorts. Like I, I follow him in all the socials. I don't listen to all his podcasts. Um, it's in terms of like what I what I think about him. I just my only my only thing is like I just <laughs> I hate how he interviews. Like he's trying to like take take his interviewers home like i feel like he's like trying to sleep with everyone he's interviewing no you're right it's like, it, I don't know, it, he's like interviewing elon musk and he just looks so seductive and i'm like don't look at my man like that it's like he's so gay he's not really though i don't know oh, no, he but absolutely is. i do feel absolutely like, I do feel, like no. I do feel like he's a different kind of life form like it's like some of these people they're like there to increase communication and it's like it's like they're like from another planet or like a different kind of person like Lex like is just seems like he's like just uh, like he serves a function and he's like kind of robotic and um and I don't know it just seems like he's trying to have sex with everyone he's he's interviewing and he I'm is just that's a, that's like, the absolute <laughs> definition of someone who's just attracted to wealth and yeah, yeah, he's like attracted though. to the power yeah, you, you can tell he's like wants to like like, put his, I don't know. Just bend you over know, uh, or like start sucking some dick. That's what he's going to do. And no, you're absolutely right. Like, he's about to bend over for fucking anyone with over a billion dollars. And, and, like, he tries to be like, oh, I'm a rationalist. I'm a humanist. I'm, like, an intellectual, but, like a modern-day, uh, like, adult, mature, you know, analyst or researcher. And it's, but, but the, you're right. There's a cultural ad, ad, attache to it where he's, where he's trying to be like an influencer. Well, and I'm, and I'm sort of joking, right? Because, like, the truth is, like, I would be a great guest for Lex Fridman, like, to kind of change the demographic of his audience. Like, everything that they talk about in terms of AI, I mean, it really could work wonders to kind of mix these two worlds. Like, my, my not just my perspective, but my expertise on AI and humanity. And then, you know, his background of AI coming from the logistical standpoint from MIT. So it's like, I don't know, it's like Mercury Direct vibes. It's like, yeah, like I'm kind of joking, but I'm also kind of like, why does Lex Fridman look like he wants to sleep? He wants to sleep with everyone he's interviewing. It's like while he's talking, he's like got these like bedroom eyes or whatever. No, right. the but, bedro- no I was about to say the bedroom eyes, the <laughs> fuck me eyes. You know, he's doing everything from just wearing pumps and like lipstick. And you're like, okay, like, like we get it. Like, you're about to fucking bend over and just let the CEO of Pfizer fucking raw dog you. But I wonder if he even realizes he's doing it, because he'll be, like, twirling his pen, too, or, like, something like that, and I'm like, I just can't. <laughs> I just can't. You know, it's like, you roll your eyes a lot when you fucking know. I mean, I study my enemy, I, you know, because you got to know your enemy, and I study my enemy, so I'll watch tape and, like, you know, and, no, I'll try to get inside this guy's head. And everything, you know, it's, he's not like a worthy opponent. He's not like an equal. I'm just saying that I had to target him recently. And, uh, unfortunately, you know, no, he did, he did already cross the Rubicon in line and, uh, he's been marked for destruction, uh, psychically <laughs> and everything. So don't get too attached to him. Um, no, don't, how is he, don't get too how, attached. Like, how I is he an enemy if he's a being, if he's like a tool for communication? 
You're right. No, he's more of just a tool, but sometimes you got to break your enemy's tools, and uh, the game really is, uh, you know, knocking pieces off the chessboard, and so he will just be one of the pieces that is, uh, is, isn't, uh, exactly, isn't part of the uh, utopian vision of Texas, and of the, ultimately, the greater pan-global Texas that I'm going to set up. And it all starts, you know, it all started basically, but hey, this is February 2nd, uh, you know, 2022, so it's 22222, and, uh, you know, so mode it be as it was written, you know, so it will be. And it, this is the great timeline shift. This is the start, this is the start of the, the rest of the, uh, you know, uh, forever, you know, the rest of the infinitum. And uh, no, I mean, yeah, we have a great conversation lined up, hopefully. Uh, about greater and other things besides just that crony. And and um, hopefully we get to talk about human trafficking, child trafficking in Texas, the deep underground bases, tunnels in the various cities, maybe some personal experience between, you know, yourself and myself about these tunnels, uh, maybe some urban exploration that you've done. I've done a fair share a bit of it. In uh, you know downtown Texas, in many cases, Houston, Austin, Dallas, uh, Corpus Christi, uh, traveled a great deal of it due to various you know um, occupations and everything, as well as a personal love of tech, uh, traveling through Texas. And absolutely, I have a lot of firsthand experience with how weird this fucking place is, and there's definitely something underground a much larger thing than just one or two bases and much more interconnected than uh, people want to uh, you know readily talk about in fact I looked it up on YouTube and I looked it up online you know bases under Texas tunnels in Texas and there was actually a surprising lot of information about this this subject uh Officially, for example, you know, Dallas has a downtown tunnel system that you can walk the entirety of downtown without getting up on the street in case of severe weather. And it was built publicly in the 60s. Well, I don't mean to be rude, Michael, but I just, I'm kind of distracted by something that you said before. And then, yeah, I'd love to get more into this. Um, in terms of like this whole, uh, theme of like mercury going direct, increasing communication. Um, when it comes to people like Lex Fridman, um, you were like talking about knocking these pieces off the chessboard. So I'm curious, like in this moment, in this time, how are we going to get anywhere if we keep knocking the pieces off the chessboard? Like who is going to be left if everybody down here is, is trying to knock the pieces off the chessboard, so to speak? Do you want to elaborate on that or is that too personal? Nope, it's just simply something that I haven't really uh, fully thought of yet, nor do I think factors into a greater uh, sense of, like, being, you know, more created by purpose and and created by the creator. Um, don't really question, just kind of, uh, you know, embody and do. And, and no, that's a great question, great for philosophizing and, and for really contemplating and everything. Uh, you know, there there is thinking in the moment and thinking in action and everything, and also thinking about ramifications. But uh, you know, it, it's it's all set in order. Like, why do the stars shine? 
Why, why are the planets where they are? Why oxygen as the preferred uh, respiratory gas? These are things that are universally, you know, mysterious as well as ultimately unquestionable realities. Like you said, it's not for me to determine. I know, right? Where you're like, well, if you're doing it, it's not for you. To, yeah, exactly. Sometimes we are just the gun. <laughs> it is the great, uh, you know, fire walk, as it were. The divine masculine urge to uh, destroy your enemy and drive their their wives before you. And hear the lamentations of their women. It's the Hermes and and the the absolute uh, massive Mercury retrograde that we're yeah. probably going through. Now I'm saying this this is a very active time and a very clear time for communication, and so definitely it's definitely a time to strike where the the iron is hot on the anvil of the cosmos. Yeah. And so yeah, uh, the the tunnel system in Texas is absolutely real. And it stretches all the way, you know, to the outskirts, Amarillo, uh, down south to Laredo, Brownsville, to the interior. And it has uh, deep, deep connections to San Antonio, Austin, which is where you're at right now, Houston, Dallas, especially Dallas. And, you know, thus elsewhere, because the entire thing is laid on a ley line system, a grid system that's like spokes on a wheel. You know, like they're all uh, basically centered in several key areas that kind of look like a pentagram. Kind of yeah. look like a pentagram in Texas. And it's known as the Texas I pentagram. I don't mean to be rude. <laughs> do you think that we can do a rain check? I just like, I just got like dizzy and like such a headache. Oh, no problem. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so sorry. I don't know what's going on. I guess I don't know. Did like your ears pop? Like maybe you got like Havana syndrome. Yeah, I don't know. It feels like sinusy, like allergy, but it's like I'm sitting here in front of all these lights, and the lights are like I can't. I don't want to turn them off. And um, yeah, I would just. I think I. I think I would rather continue this if you want to try tomorrow night. Oh yeah, we can jump on that if if you want to like uh, continue the conversation. Um, I'm gonna keep going on though because I have the material. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here. Okay, good. Okay, good. No, I'm glad that you'll you'll keep going. Yeah, you guys can go on Beyond Top Secret Texan YouTube. Sorry about this. No problem, and definitely, um, if you're being electronically targeted uh, right no, now. No, I don't get electronically targeted. Um, Sounds like that. What it is to me, I was gonna say they have um, already exactly. They targeted several people I've interviewed and everything. I know. I've seen it. I've seen it happen. It's yeah. not that. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. I don't get targeted like that. Um, I just say it's just some weird allergies, like bright lights. Um, thank you so much for being a patron on Patreon. By the way, I should have started out with that. Thank you so much. Thank you guys so much for your donations. No problem, no. and like I already said, like I hope everyone contributes to everyone because it all takes everything counts in small amounts, and when you're trying to be 
uh, you know, underground and everything like that, if everyone would literally just give everyone a dollar, it would be this huge interchange of, of capital and everything, and people would be able to, you know, um, not only feel the support, but the motivation and everything. So no problem, no problem at all. Don't even mention it. And yeah, yeah. Like I highly encourage everyone who's uh, listening to this podcast and everything to go check out her Patreon. And, you know, just because this is how we afford groceries, this is how we pay for uh, the bills and what we can, and this is how we, uh, you know, keep the lights on, basically. And exactly, like, we're not working with the, the big sponsors like uh, Lex Friedman or Joe Rogan or anything like that. So we definitely need... Um, as content creators and everything, you know, if you guys got a dollar to spare, two dollars, three dollars, you know, um, highly recommend not only encourage uh, courage you guys, but highly recommend you guys to start making contributions to Patreons. Not just ours, not just mine, but others, anyone. Exactly. If they have a Patreon, if you're like you know a fan of theirs, donate that dollar. You know, yeah. donate that dollar. I'm, absolutely. Like I, I, I mean. Like thank you, thank you so much, Michael. I'm gonna send I'm gonna sign off here and encourage all y'all to go to Beyond Top Secret on YouTube or Spotify. And uh, I appreciate you. Thank you. No problem. No problem. I hope you get right. better. Well soon. Exactly. I, hope, <laughs> I, just, I just need to turn the lights off. Alright, I'll check you later. Thank you again. No problem. Sudden migraine. Nope. And yeah, I hope it's not Havana syndrome. Yeah, definitely not. Alright. I don't know how crazy is that, right? Just sudden migraines and, and headaches. Jeez. But yeah. Lauren, and, and hopefully uh, we will be back tomorrow night with a conversation. Uh, yeah. Until then, exactly. Get well soon. And Thank you. No problem. Namaste and shalom. Shalom. Okay. And that was Lauren very briefly, but she apparently had a sudden onset of migraine. Hopefully it's not electronic, exactly, harassment. Uh, and that's exactly what's happened to several of my former guests and people who I've known and followed uh, for, for, you know, additionally. Over the years, electronic harassment has claimed many people. Many, many people. Electronic harassment could not be understated. It is no joke. Electronic harassment, uh, such as the Cuban Embassy, Havana Syndrome, that is absolutely real. And the distribution of electronic weaponry, silent weaponry, and... Uh, you know, um, silent weaponry for silent wars, direct energy weaponry, radio frequency weaponry, microwave weaponry. That is definitely, definitely within the public domain and not only the public domain, but the, the domain of intelligence agencies operating within the United States continentally. The CIA, for example, the CIA operates out of Texas in Houston, Dallas, Austin, and the San Antonio region. They have bases there. They have the largest armory in the United States. The largest CIA-operated armory is in San Antonio. 
which relates to the greater conversation that we were going to have. I mean, suddenly I just had a remark on that, is that this is highly suspected to be an electronic warf- uh, electronic weapons attack that just happened on Lauren, and we hope that she is recovered and, you know, healthy and everything for that. Um, hopefully she didn't, she didn't, uh, you know, suffer any kind of, of sickness or illness from her, the winter storm, right? That, that's a big deal because, you know, my back's been hurting and my joints have been hurting. Um, this is obviously going to be just relative to the moment. It will very much date the, the video, but we're going to have winter storm Nolan, Winter Storm Nolan is rolling through Texas, and that's going to be bearing down on us right now, actually. Uh, By midnight and by tomorrow, it will be reaching freezing temperatures. And I said this dates it, so if you're listening to it in the future and everything, this is February 2nd, 2-2-2-0-2-2. And this will be the uh, beginning, at least, of South Texas' exposure to Winter Storm Nolan. (coughs) And so, yeah, let's read the chat real quick before we jump right into, I guess, solo renditioning of the deep underground military bases, the child human trafficking in Texas, uh, the, um, I guess you call it the underground infrastructure and networking of Texas, the CIA networks operating deep underground military bases by military wings and divisions as well as government and secret society civilian operations. Um, very, very tricky, very, very busy, uh, down there. Very, very, uh, complicated, even though it's all insulated with one state, Texas. Texas is fucking huge. Texas is about the size of Iraq. It's about the size of, uh, Venezuela. It's about the size of entire countries like Colombia, Peru, uh, you know, um, it's, it's pretty big. It's, it's got a lot of room to build, exactly, and we're going to read the chat until uh, we get to uh, more details about where they are and what they function is and what they do. Did we discover Atlantis today? I need to know. No, we've discovered Atlantis literally almost 100 years ago. off the coast of Cuba. Everyone knows that. U.S. Navy discovered it when they built Guantanamo Bay. That's why they had the uh, Cuban-American War. It was a totally artificial war to get more American troops down there so they could secure Atlantis. We got the chatbots, chatbots chatting. Alright, here's a pretty interesting chat. There's a layer of dust around the world. Started a new ice age about 12,000 years ago. Some say nuclear war between the giants. Red haired with a blood feud with the black hair. They survived in underground tunnels. The stories of Argatha and other underground bases is this. Humans coming out of the caves post-cataclysm. Antarctica was the capital. 
the people's tiled because the melted once great flood. The pyramids underwater are part of the remains. Sea level was 300 to 400 feet lower. These people were the Paracas from Peru. Coneheads double the size, double the secrets low. Yeah, Nazis high jump. Oh, and I guess uh, goes into more of a uh, retroactive until the very present moment. And yeah, that's very awesome. That was uh, Bob John. Collection of observations and insight. <coughs> and yes, yeah, Silent Weapons. She sounds like an FBI agent. True. True. She does sometimes. Well, not like it's it's something that like, you know. See, I don't, she's not an arc. I know that for a fact. Lauren's not an arc. Um, she's um, an Elon Musk fangirl, but she thinks of it like as a symbolic thing and more of like a astral, like cosmic signs. And there's a reason why he's so successful and why he was put to position where he is. And I can see that. Um, no, no, but she's, she's not an arc. Millimeter wave microwave technology. Yep. Bob John on it again. This guy knows his stuff. Radio voice to skull. Bob John again. He knows his stuff. Silent weapons. Elon Musk. Boring company. Yep. Okay, so now we're getting back into the moment. And we're going to be able to discuss uh, what we were intending to discuss. So, yeah. Um... Don't worry, there was no offense in, in the chatbot remark, uh, Bob John. Um, in fact, I like bots. I consider myself like Mystery Science Theater, uh, Mike, when he has little bot friends, and you guys are the bots. You guys are Tom Servo and Crow, Gypsy, Cambot, uh, you know, basically the cast and crew of the uh, Mystery SSP Theater. Uh, 2000, and so basically, you guys are uh, keeping me sane and everything while I create my uh, temporary moments of, of uh, you know, solace within within a world that was intended to drive me crazy in a mad scientist plot. And so basically, uh, you guys are my chatbots. Are we NPCs? Tom Servo and Crow are not NPCs. I don't know if you have ever watched Mystery Science Theater, but for being robots, they have a lot of personality. So they are not they are not non-playable characters. No, they are they are robots, but they are they exactly they have absolutely Ooh. Awesome. So yeah. Let's get into it. The tunnels of Texas. Basically, they are very, very real. Um, to introduce the subject, let's talk about the legitimate tunnels first. Dallas Underground Tunnel System. All right, let me just pull this up. Real quick. A look inside Dallas's underground tunnels from Culture Trip. Written in 2018. In other words, 
is loading. It's taking a sweet ass time. Yeah, there's maps. Just just Google Dallas Underground Tunnels, and I'm going to read just one article. Just Deep below the bustling streets of downtown Dallas, a labyrinth of underground tunnels weave and curve beneath one of the most dynamic areas of the city. Unknown to many locals, the Dallas Pedestrian Network connects many of downtown's biggest skyscrapers, businesses, and residential buildings. Comprising three miles of tunnels and sky bridges, the Dallas Pedestrian Network was the brainchild of urban planner Vincent Ponte. Starting in 1969, his plan influenced development of Dallas through the 70s and 80s by including underground tunnels and passageways for residents and visitors to get around downtown without suffering from rain or extreme Texas heat. In the 1990s, the tunnels were blamed for a significant loss of foot traffic and ultimately the economic downturn that many stores and businesses on the street level of downtown Dallas faced. Today, the tunnel still exists, but not the way originally envisioned by Ponte. Parts of the tunnel system have been shut off due to building closures and new development plans, while others are now privately owned, requiring a key to enter. The tunnels are also closed on the nights and weekends, meaning the only time to explore the tunnels is during the busy downtown work week. All of this is to say there's still an attraction worth checking out. A fascinating aspect of Dallas that most locals and travelers don't know about the tunnels offer a fun weekday exploration event. The most common entrances are at Thanksgiving Square, Renaissance Tower, One Main Place, and Bank of America Plaza. Though they can be a bit hard to find as most buildings won't have signs. Generally, entrances can be found by taking the elevator to the garage or for looking for a set of stairs that goes down past the street level. Luckily, maps can be found that provide looks at which tunnels are accessible. And yeah, like here is the map. I'm going to uh, download and save that. All right. And yeah, let me give you guys the link. You guys can... Um, Get the map. Copy and then paste it right here. Right. There's the map. All right, you guys can see the map. And so you see, or you, at least you hear, that the uh, tunnels, there's no doubt about them. They are completely publicly disclosed and created, right, as works for the public. They are now completely, though, almost, uh, I, they're now only a fraction of what they were because a significant amount of them are closed 
are privatized. Now, the fact that these tunnels are private, sorry, privately owned and need a key to enter means that they're still in use. For what reasons? What reasons would elite members of Dallas, either through corporations or through real estate holders or through secret societies, why would they need these tunnels? Why would they have purchased these tunnels? Why would they keep them open? Why would they have privatized them? Why would they have locked them away? They're not there to make a profit. It's not a for-profit system. So it must cost money to keep these tunnels even operational, just from, the, just from a sunk cost perspective. So who is funding this? And not to say if it can't have already been created with 1960s technology... An entire network of tunnels could be being constructed in any urban environment, in any city, without anyone knowing about it. Because it would not stop, quote-unquote, stop traffic. It would not be surface level to a great extent. All the machinery and all the personnel and everything would be able to either be hidden inside a building operating completely underground, emerging and transporting equipment and, 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 and men uh, through the tunnel systems themselves, you know, to the workplace from the centralized location, or having shut down the tunnels for the construction, but not telling people what its true extent was. The fact that Dallas has tunnels, but and, and Houston has a subway, Austin has its sewers and its its depths just as well. From the university and its vaults and its its tunnel systems for its heating, for its industrial, for its electrical systems, for the um, capital network proper, you know, of, of internalized security and and um you know, old world discoveries. Houston has tunnels. There's no reason why it wouldn't. It's the fourth largest city in America. Like I said, it has a subway that no one uses. There's Corpus Christi with its very small population in comparison. Only 300,000 people live in Corpus Christi compared to the millions of people who live in Houston, the millions of people who live in Dallas, the millions of people who live in Austin, um, you know, it's or San Antonio. But we have the only naval air station in Texas, NAS Corpus Christi. We have a significantly established infrastructure and old world buildings of the um, of the Poseidian Atlantean architecture, the seashells, 
the the copula domes. Most of Corpus Christi was destroyed in the Civil War. Old World Corpus Christi was destroyed in the Civil War by the United States Navy, who then claimed the city. They had plenty and ample of time to build, to construct, to connect the Naval Air Station with as many of these tunnels and these networks as possible. Using the, I guess you call it the cover of pre-existing rail yards and pre-existing railways. Just like their facilities in Pensacola, just like their facilities in San Diego, just like their facilities in um, Washington, just like their facilities on the East Coast in Virginia what seems to be undeveloped seemingly small land is actually just the cover for very high-tech subterranean just systems bases um, missile command systems you know offset commits uh, um, operations uh, command uh, rooms, facilities with computers, uh, you know, constantly manned by people in otherwise secretive military, you know, uh, capacities. These people could be doing everything from manning radar and processing UFO, um, tracking or, or any kind of signal in the air are uh, helping coordinate, like I said, the massive transfer of people, this this time being children, specifically children, in, in these, what we're going to talk about, to and from, you know, facilities. Using shipping to bring them in through the port, using shipping to take them away to other locations being a hub of human trafficking from the Gulf of Mexico with the Caribbean. Same as Brownsville. Same as the Port of Houston. Being um, connected to the ocean means it's connected to the world. And there is no surprise for people who've actually lived in Texas and lived in these cities of the almost direct pipeline to foreign countries, such as the Middle East, such as China, such as many African nations, and many, many more. Every single country that has immigrants, exiles, or refugees finds their way into Texas. Every single faction, organization, organized crime or criminal unit, military uh, branch, uh, civilian intelligence branch, um, secret society, occult network, whatever you can imagine people getting up to or doing or organizing themselves or performing, they have set roots down in Texas. And have made use 
of, if not created to and added to, the existing labyrinth of tunnels that currently connect many, many, many cities in Texas. Not all of them, but many cities in Texas. And not all of the ones that you would suspect. We just went through the usual suspects in the in the the major culprits basically the especially Houston especially Dallas like we're talking in Austin like you know out of the 80,000 suspected children that are put into sexual trafficking and human slavery or human trafficking sex sex slavery uh, in Texas I would say two-thirds of them can be found in Houston, Dallas, and Austin alone. You know, and we'll get more into that, but we'll talk about the obscure cases, but with a case with a lot of evidence and a case that's very interesting, uh, you know, after this uh, musical break. So yeah, the tunnels, the maglev trains and the tunnels are powered with the um, ambient energy, the electrical fields of the world itself, and they're set on a grid system. There is like a world grid ley line system. That's why the cities, Houston, Chicago, New York City, and Los Angeles, are actually where they are. They were, they are very large because many people are drawn to them as if though magnetism, as if though electricity is drawing. Humans like moths to a flame. Area 51, Edwards Air Force Base, all that fun stuff. Yep, exactly. See, the military bases, they don't have to be in a big city to have these tunnels. The military bases are like the networks themselves. And so, with Corpus Christi, it's not a major city, but it's like, you know, it's got the only naval air station, which is like Air 51, Edwards Air Force Base, uh, you know, and the many hundreds of other military bases, Oceana, Wright-Patterson, uh, you know, uh, Douglas Wright, or, or Douglas Fairway, um, and, and then, like, um, they're just, you know, everything from Pensacola, like the other ones that people don't talk about, Q West uh, has a very active UFO from Gulf Breeze, Florida is amazingly active, but with UFOs because it's also amazingly full of bases, and that's that's it's that's it. You doesn't have to be in major urbanized areas to be you know a place of high strangeness. The government and the military um, are always the key ingredients. You know, for if you say if you want to see UFOs, you go to an Air Force base. And, and no, you're not misidentifying planes. You are seeing either the cutting edge uh, military technology that they position in a very, you know, some of these select bases, or you're seeing the uh, natural, passive, ambient fucking weirdness that occurs with the United States military on a daily basis. Um, United States Army bases are the same way. You know, all military bases are. You just, if you want to see UFOs, you go to a military base. Absolutely. If you want to find these tunnels, you go to a military base. Absolutely. Are you familiar with Stonewall, Texas? Yes, Stonewall, Texas is a proof of the ancient history of Texas. The fact is, I think Texas is 
where basically biblical ancient Egypt was. Um, at least the north part, because if you say ancient Egypt was the Aztecs, Texas was a part of this Aztec empire uh, significantly with the discovery of the rock wall and with the giants and with the hammer. Our history exceeds several million years of human existence in Texas, or in the geographic area known as Texas. That's absolutely a fact. Absolutely a fact. We were attacked. Might even have been some off-world combatants. COG is what we're under. Continuality of government. COG and Solik, low-intensity conflict team. Ezra Cohen Watnick. Yeah, we were attacked. Uh, we were attacked in the Solar Warden. Um, I guess you call it shipyard. The the piece of the ocean that Solar Warden, which is a navy. Um, it's a navy. Uh, run operation for the maintenance and, uh, you know, facilitation of these craft on Earth, which is held at a po called Point Remo. Point Remo is the most distant point in the Pacific Ocean from land. It's 2,000 miles plus from the nearest land in any direction, right? It's somewhere between Australia, Antarctica, Hawaii, and South America. Um, this area, Point Remo, is already publicly disclosed as where rockets and the ISS and things like that, old space stations, are crash-landed on Earth, right? All the space junk and debris is intentionally crash-landed in Point Remo or around those parts because it's so distant from land, and it's also completely caretaken by the United States Navy, and uh, things are recovered, and uh, so there's excuses for ships there, there's excuses for personnel, there's excuses for pre-existing infrastructure, but I also think that, and have good evidence to point to, the inclusion of, say, indigenous foreign workforces, such as the Indonesians or the Filipinos, uh, by the hundreds of thousands, conscripting them and forcing them to work, basically, in manufacturing and maintenance capacities, cleaning, you know, um, constructing, assembling, and preparing, um, essentially spaceships, essentially the Solar Warden Space Fleet. Now, this facility, which is completely overrun and operated by, you know, Solar Warden Earth Alliance, and things like that, and not the Earth governments of the United States or any other government, was absolutely targeted by scalar weaponry. Um, they tried to play this off as the volcanic eruption of Tonga. They tried to play this off as the, uh, you know, volcano that was seen from space. It wasn't a volcano. It was a direct energy weapon, a scalar weapon, and it was a type of Tesla howitzer. Now, not only was it of prodigious and immense size... But it was also a part of the refinery and industrial elements that were set off, that were, you know, 
uh, explosive in their own right, which compounded and magnified the explosion, basically making it a super Port Chicago uh, disaster or a Port Texas disaster. Or Texas City disaster. It's a gigantic industrial Navy port explosion. Um, killed everyone that was there. Destroyed every vessel that was there. Several uh, uh, major you know, Solar Warden ships that were being constructed, aircraft carrier types, um, the carrier types that were in construction uh, were severely damaged and, and, you know, almost completely obliterated. And, and you know, it's going to put... It, surprisingly, it, it... I mean, it's, it's... It was a pretty significant blow to Solar Warden, it really was. Now, no one's taken credit for it, and no one's really... Um, being blamed for it yet, but everyone is on guard, and the actions are, you know, incoming, but this is as it happens, folks. This is just as it happens, right? Have you guys heard of the Australian warship dead in the water in the coast of Tonga? Brabbit? Yes, you read my mind. That's what I was just talking about. Um, right? That the, the, It was their executive. There was a reason for the naval presence there. The governments of the world protected it. The governments of the world were in on it and everything. And they basically had positioned this constant rotational fleet around Point Remo in the South Pacific. Tonga blew up. Um, it wasn't the explosion of the volcano, though. That was the Tesla howitzer. They blamed it on Tonga. Um, the The facility was, you know, basically near Tonga, though. So it's, it's 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 not the cover story, but it's close to it, right? Where Tonga was blew up, and um, no, absolutely devastating. And a lot of you know navy ships were lost. U.S. navy ships mainly, but Australian, um, what they call uh, UK. Australian Navy, um, you know, the, the English-speaking world, the five-eyed world, Canadian Navy fleets, etc., that uh, that patrol those areas, you know, members of a NATO bloc, but also Russians and Chinese and everything are aware of it, too, and they help out as well. Um, connected and related to it, there is going to be the largest United States naval operation and war games with unmanned systems, you know, more unmanned systems being used simultaneously than ever before in the history of the world. That is occurring, that is going to happen between uh, the United States, the Pakistani Navy, and the British government. It's going to completely surround the Red Sea and the Persian Gulf, and basically the Saudi Arabian uh, Peninsula, and um, it's going to incorporate 80 plus unmanned systems it's going to involve 8,000 personnel this is not a war game this is absolutely a uh, targeted attack um, what I suspect happened and what I am I am piecing together happened right this is not finalized yet and I don't know if I should say it so I'll let my chat decide if you want my incomplete theory or my 
you know, later to be decided full theory as I piece together the, the pieces of this puzzle because, you know, having to rely on third-hand sources um, is very difficult. You know, it's very slow. I know everyone's used to immediate gratification and answers and everything, but I'm working on a very limited budget. I'm working solo. And, you know, I'm working with uh, the best people I can work with, basically. All right, I'll say it. <laughs> Fucking mermaids, man. Fucking mermaids. They hit us. They hit us good. They were always the wild card. They're they're not technologically they're technologically advanced. They have weaponry. They work with others. They they have collected ancient alien technology. They've fought with aliens and everything. And the the big issue, I think, was their radical eco fascism. Their radical eco fascism in terms of vilifying the human race even though they're basically our cousins and basically humans just living in the ocean um, and evolved to that, you know, especially they, they consider themselves, you know, very different, very other than us. Um, in terms of fabricating technology, in terms of mining the ocean floor, in terms of mining the earth for its natural resources, for eating fish, for killing fish, for killing whales, for polluting the oceans, uh, their society system is very individualistic as well. Whereas mankind has done its best to psychologically form a society, or at least a species, that understands group direction. Like, where if Earth leadership, right, dictates that humans are going to do one thing, maybe ally with an alien race or conduct itself off-world or even internally one way, that even though we may resist and everything uh, internally, that generally that's what human beings can be relied on doing, right? Like, organizationally. Where the merfolk, the submarine humans, the aquatic apes... Uh, that make up the merfolk, they are very individualistic, they are very rogue, they have a, a greater tendency to operate or to schism, you know, um, into, like, war bands rather than nations, tribes based solely on ideology and not, for example, blood authority or kinship, so there isn't one chieftain, there isn't one leader, there isn't one, like, holy man or or uh, political figure that you can make a deal with you can make an alliance with and that each of the merfolk would follow that alliance right like that's not a possibility with these people with these merfolk with these aquatic people with these aquatic apes and that even though the Jupiter Accord produced the Artemis Treaty which was the Artemis Treaty was the the Earth Peace Treaty between ultra terrestrials and crypto terrestrials, right? In in a, a idealistic utopian setting, 
that was signed by representatives selected for their, uh, you know, philosophical and intellectual superiority in their races, right? Randomly selected humans, randomly selected uh, members of the Yeti, randomly selected members of the Merfolk that was sat down and they were forced to negotiate a treaty for world peace by the Ashtar High Command. This, I feared when I heard of it, when I heard it, my immediate fear was that this was insufficient in the understanding of the particular ultra-terrestrials and crypto-terrestrials on the Earth, and that the peace treaty would fall apart and would not last on Earth. The Artemis Treaty would be the first to be broken. I did not think that it would be broken within the calendar year it was written. Within 12 months of it being written, already broken. Because Morfolk being the roguish and most warlike, most predatory-minded, uh, ultra-terrestrial and crypto-terrestrial on Earth, right? And some say the most, the most dangerous and most predatory uh, and that the most uh, predatory and the most dangerous life form on Earth, the merfolk, that their nature would make war inevitable. I think they are the main suspect and the main culprit for who struck out at the Solar Warden Oceanic starport on Earth. The location having been made, you know, obviously to them since the day of its construction, and it always being a target, always being a point of anger and uh, you know vengeance for them like a, a crusade to kind of if they were going to make a point of a rogue group inside the Morfolk rejecting like a rogue tribe rejecting uh, the Solar Warden's peace treaty the destruction of the Solar Warden spaceport would be absolutely that you know that 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 would be the sign. That would be the the shot heard around the world and the the line crossing the sand that would absolutely uh, you know in their way seeking to destroy what they viewed as something essentially important to the Solar Warden, their oceanic starport. What is their tech level? You know, it's pretty advanced. They differ. They vary. Their society is capable of much more technology than they're granted. They're, they're not simple tool users. They're not just simple hunter, you know, gatherers. They have biological technology. They have uh, understandings of metallurgy. They understand, um, you know, um, very complex mathematics and sciences. They're just like human beings except even more intelligent on, and more physically fit and more um, 
have more territory, have greater populations. I just think they're not they're not underdogs. They're not they're not actually um, weaker than humanity. They are equals to humanity and superiors to us because unlike uh, like, like yes, they may not exist in the surface environments as uh, you know versatility as we do, um, but we can't hold our breath as long as they can nor can we sleep underwater or like you know do the fantastic physical feats that they can which is the foundation of their species let alone their psyche and their intellect and their mentality of course they are exactly imagine if if michael phelps and stephen hawking were one and the same you know stephen hawking's brain and michael phelps's body uh it, 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 no, they're, they're like Native Americans if you actually knew Native Americans. Yes, they may not have, you know, a predilection for uh, changing their lifestyle away from the, the hunting or the, the nomad migration that their people have done. But, yeah, they'll build a nuke. Yeah, they have, they have fucking technologies that will blow your mind, that keep them alive uh, on the bottom of the ocean. Uh, you know, for example, in pressures and depths that mankind can barely reach to this day without sufficient, uh, you know, development and everything. They're very mobile underwater, much more mobile than mankind is currently. Uh, and the fact that's their natural element where even exposure to it would kill mankind makes it, you know, very much like they're, you know, very much their superior in physicality-wise. Like, like, think about it. You cannot survive without a wetsuit you know, or an oxygen mask or anything like that, you know, your eyes would burn, your, your, um, you know, your skin would free, would feel very cold, you would, you, like I said, even if you could breathe water, you still would not be in your ideal environment, the ocean is very cold, the ocean is very dark, the ocean is very scary, and, and intimidating, but these mermen just fucking, you know, um, yeah, these mermen raw dog it, and just swim around fucking harpooning great white sharks and shit, riding killer whales and not only that there's nothing that too like animal husbandry like I said biotechnology and stuff exactly like they'll have uh, coral uh, shelters and things that they plant that grow out to form livable habitats so they can sleep and feel safe in everything they have um, you know a organic life form that produces mucus that can spread around them that keeps them uh, warm in, in arctic environments their body their blood is like antifreeze so there's no way for them to actually, uh, you know, freeze in extreme cold weather. Sometimes it's... They're an incredibly versatile and amazing animal. Alright. Exactly, Deb Devon. Exactly. That this was mo mostly due to pollution. This is mostly due to overfishing. This is mostly due to the encroachments and invasions of the ocean from the surface wholesale. And yes, if the terms of the peace agreement, for example, were the reduction of pollution or the removal of all pollution from the ocean, then the attack could even be justified in their extreme way as saying that they are holding us to this and that us... Not, for example, taking out the Texas-sized plastic island, you know, in the ocean. Taking that out of the ocean uh, immediately 
you know, that could have been the deal breaker. And to them, the provocation to destroy the spaceships, it's um, very complicated. It could be many, many things. It could be many things. But yeah, that was my um, theory on that. But yeah, we will uh, continue with Texas Tunnels. Yeah, no problem. Let's take it to the Texas Tunnels. So, Midland, Texas, right? The case of the Midland Tunnels. So, to paraphrase and to make this a very, uh, you know, short uh, story, right? A long story, very short story. Basically, a man in Midland, Texas, who was a homeowner, uh, was very suspicious of his house. It's particularly underneath his house. Suspecting that there were tunnels underneath his floorboards, underneath his house, that connected to houses across the street and through a straight line through town. Now, this man was not merely suspicious, but also very uh, resourceful and bought things like uh, home security systems and you know, uh, recording equipment like security cameras, etc. Now, not only did he record voices that weren't his or his family emerging from the walls, emerging from the floors, but with his security cameras, he also caught strange traffic, unexplained traffic in the neighborhood, which was, you know, a very residential neighborhood and a dead end. But, but basically, unexplained cars, unexplained foot traffic of individuals. Then, capturing police stalking, police harassment from the local police officers. Camping out at his house at night with their lights off. Observing him. Coming to his house when he wasn't home. Checking the perimeter, checking his house. Constantly being a presence. As he started becoming exceedingly vocal about it. He made a YouTube channel. This individual made a YouTube channel. Started broadcasting videos about his own investigations into these tunnels that he was proving were underneath his house, short of actually getting permits to dig up his property. Now, it started escalating, because after these videos, in real time, when he was broadcasting videos about the suspicious police presence, the suspicious voices and activity of his house, he was, as he claimed, shot by an unseen figure, an unseen culprit, unseen, you know, perpetrator, a shooter, underneath his kitchen, shooting up through the floor, hitting him in the foot, striking him in the foot. He would then place a 911 call so it's completely on record. You can look this up. In fact, if you guys like true crime, uh, there is a channel called That Chapter. That Chapter. 
does a very good job at, at creating uh, true crime mini documentaries, investigating, adding his two cents in and everything, and basically describing the situation, you know, uh, very directly and straightforward. So absolutely check out uh, that chapter for his video on this, the Texas Tunnels and the, the YouTuber, basically who is claiming that he was shot through the floor. Um, the police, when he was shot, after he made his phone call, and he crawled out into his porch, uh, security cameras running. The police are filmed moments later creeping up to his house, no lights, and watching as he's crawling outdoors bleeding, not rendering assistance, just watching. Now it is claimed that due to his, you know, previous established record of harassing the police of his suspicions and paranoia and his mental instability that he shot himself. It was suspected at the time that he was a, a, a you know, victim of his own uh, uh, devices and that the police said they were, in fact, uh, fearing for their safety and unwilling, you know, like uh, unwilling to immediately render aid because he was armed and considered dangerous. You know, hostile to police. So their defense was that they were considering their own safety when refusing to render aid to a gunshot victim who had been, who had called in and reported it already, but only moments before in a unrealistically short time for them to have responded to the call as if though they were already just down the street ready for the shooting to occur with prior knowledge to it. The implications are that the police of Midland, Texas, that the government of Midland, Texas, that the suspected drug cartels and criminal gangs that were operating these tunnels were all in connection, were all in cahoots, were all supporting each other, and that this man was, in fact, correct with his suspicions that there are tunnels undisclosed to the public that interlace suburban neighborhoods in small Texas towns and are utilized by members of the Mexican Mafia, by members of the cartels, including Los Zetas, the Gulf Cartel, etc., and their cronies and gangs inside the United States. Bloods, Crips, I'm assuming, you know, like Latin Kings or whatever, and that MS-13 or whatever functionaries, and that they are given permission to do so because of the cooperation of the police force based on joint membership to secret societies and joint awareness of overreaching strategies and policies and, you know, like uh, operations currently being conducted 
by groups like the CIA, like the DEA, like the FBI, like the uh, various members of DOD and various secret societies themselves who are using these members as pieces in a puzzle. That are using these members as pawns in a game. The police may not know why they were ordered to surveil and to um, keep such a tight presence on this figure, this, this individual. The police may not have ever used the tunnels, but the police knew that when their supervisors, when their leaders order them to do something, they do it without question. The same with the Mexican uh, gang members, the cartel members. I'm not saying Mexican in a racist way. I'm saying as from actual Mexico. Uh, sharing a border with Mexico, they could be Mexican nationals uh, operating as paramilitary groups, as, as various you know smuggling operations inside America. If you're not familiar with the relationship between America and Mexico in terms of criminals and gangs, um, that the people who pulled the trigger, you know, knew as little about the person they were trying to kill um, as they do anyone. And that even the people who were using the tunnels, the traffic, either children, human, uh, human slaves or drugs or other, you know, narcotics or various reasons where, um, you know, we're not either party, we're not the police and we're not the hitman group, but we're a separate functioning group that actually does all this. The uh, Underground Railroad, if you were, um, that simply became aware and uh, because of this person's voc- uh, vocality, because of this person's uh, broadcasting and expressing this issue, you know, that he had with these tunnels and with their existence deemed it necessary or was deemed, you know, compromised. And that this town, Midland, is a very small town. Midland is uh, much less significant, for example, than Corpus Christi. So any neighborhood, any suburban environment... Any new development of houses, etc., uh, you know, the the tunnel system does not have to be around landmarks. The tunnel system does not have to be around major cities, downtowns, um, you know, anywhere really with a lot of, you know, obviousness to it or a lot of um, mystique to it. It can be literally in you know um, residential communities gated communities they can be um, literally uh, you know anywhere anywhere at any time operating under schools un- operating under um, the middle of nowhere 
in countries and in, in, in small like areas like that, the possibilities are limitless with the amount of existing tunnels and suspected tunnels in Texas. It really is, um, you know, as, as real an issue and as serious an issue as there can be. And when people start waking up to it, because there's going to be a second great awakening, there's going to be a second revolution of consciousness, second the second eye will open, basically, right? It's got one eye open right now. The second eye will open. The giant will wake up. And that giant is the working class people of Texas. The major issue that will spark a statewide reform and revolution and protest, uh, you know, a, a holding a responsibility for our leaders, just like there's happening in Canada and Australia right now, the one thing that will spark it is the revelation, is the presentation, is the awareness that the cities, that the communities of Texas are all above the literally one of the largest human trafficking, uh, human slavery operations with international clientele with international organized crime um uh, you know um crime customers and cartels mafias uh secret societies um everything from the controlled by the freemasons controlled by the vatican uh, major Catholic influences, major Freemasonic influences, corrupt uh, government organizations and leaders from you know the East Coast, Washington D.C. Uh, to the West Coast, with the inclusion of like everyone looks at the inclusion of the the California billionaires and the Exodus, the secret societies in California are coming to Texas in their billionaire class, their leading class of real estate is coming to Texas because they view it as safer to operate with less oversight and less um, less competition and less, you know, crowded but better and more fertile grounds. And, you know, it's it's not great and it's not immediately a virtuous thing that these people are coming who are wicked and from Babylon themselves and coming to Texas it is merely a transference of Babylonian um, figures, really. Sorry, trying to get some background music here. Okay, let's see the chat's going. Oh, hey, we got Lord Pritchard Child Rescue Worldwide. I hope you're okay. I hope you're doing great. And I hope you've recovered from your sudden ailments, your your uh, spell of the vapors. Nice image of the tall whites. I used to think they were concerning, but as time goes on, I think the tall whites, for the most part, are good. Yes, they are the Venusians and the Astro High Command. They are... If one can conceive of these things, the good guys and, 
you know, every, but just like everyone, they are complex, and what is right and what is wrong, you know, they are on the side of God, they are on the side of the holy forces of light, they are uh, part of the heavenly host and are like the seraphim and the uh, cherubim, they are just a heavenly domain, a heavenly order. Thanks for covering James Casbolt's material, by the way. No problem. And uh, exactly, like, I am going to be pursuing not only more James Casbolt testimony and works, his interviews for presentation as a public domain gift to you guys, the followers, but I'm also going to be seeking out equivalent and as obscure and as rare classic SSP, classic uh, secret space program, super soldier program, discourse and research material from Project Camelot, from Basis, from James Rink's Secret Space Program or Secret Soldier Talks, and I'm going to uh try to collect them, you know, use my discernment and provide what I think is the best and the ones that are worth saving and everything. So you guys are going to be absolutely privileged to uh be spoon fed, you know, masters, uh master classes worth of information. Looking forward to tomorrow's cast. Sorry for the distraction. No problem. No problem at all. Exactly. Life happens. And like I said, we we are we are hoping that uh, you can you can you know walk it off, and uh, tomorrow you'll be right in for the conversation uh, for the tunnels and for human trafficking and for sex trafficking, uh, deep underground military bases, strange things in Texas underground that you might know about, that you might have experienced, urban exploration, you stories you might want to tell, sharing uh, maybe some crazy discoveries, um, you know, in buildings and and you know parts of the city that you discover that you shouldn't, you know, at least I know, it felt like I shouldn't be, you know, seeing because it wasn't meant for me and everything. Um, lots of those cases in downtown Corpus Christi, lots of them. So, you know, no, absolutely. So, the tunnels are there, and there are bases not connected, which has been beneficial to my team for ca- scanning trafficking from above. It's like I thought you had a lot of experience. I think you do, and I, I, I hope you do have a lot to say about it. You know, like, I, I would suspect you do, so it's always going to be, a, you know, a great honor and privilege to be, uh, you know, sharing the chat and simultaneously streaming and recording with Lauren Pritchard, who is, like I said, a fellow Texan, and we're going to be talking about the truth about Texas. And I cannot wait for that. At Octopus Network is when I knew low. Yeah, the Octopus Network. Yep, exactly. Like, it's just, it has a central spread in it. It spreads out and controls everything from companies, industries. Um, it has all the money in the world. It has all the security in the world. It has all the permissions and authority and, uh, you know, members worldwide set up that anything is possible for it to do and nothing is really off limits. Um, it's basically how and how we are controlled, how we are kept in the dark, how we are kept ignorant. Order of the Eastern, Lauren Pritch says, Lauren Pritch says, Order of the Eastern Star, if you Google them, they are only in Houston, but Dripping Springs is an Order of the Eastern Star there. Yes, the official groups 
are limited to the major cities. And if you look on websites and Facebook groups and things, they look very limited in number. But the Order of the Eastern Star is very much active and in Texas. It's very much active in Texas. There are things like the Daughters of Texas. There are things like uh, Texas A&M Alumni Societies for Women, UT Alumni Societies for Women, there are various, uh, like the Linda B, like the Lady Bird Johnson, um, you know, groups and things like that. There are tons, and tons of women, um, women focused initiation groups, and what's in the name, right? Because they all practice the same thing, and one of those things they practice is female pedophilia. That's right. Women can be pedophiles too. Women can be pederasts. Women, oftentimes educated women, women of power and money and independent social status, uh, the higher class well-to-do ladies who are married to businessmen who attended college, um, the Hillary Clinton types in this fucked up pre-Masonic uh, housewives tale type world oftentimes sexually lust and prey after young women. They become involved in youth sports. They become involved in dance, pageantry, acting, theater, uh, social communities, activism, um, political worlds and things like that. And there was very publicly, I think in 2017, a politician, a woman, a female Democratic, uh, I think Congresswoman from California had revenge porn of her uploaded. Now this woman was in her 40s, but she was sexually involved with a female intern in her early 20s in just the same fashion that, um, you know, a male in his 40s would be sexually involved with a female intern in their early 20s. Although, I guess in this case, the same way that a male politician in their 40s would be sexually involved with a male intern in their early 20s, which is absolutely the case. That's what I'm saying, that pedophilia and pederastry and stuff is not something for the very old. It's not like geriatric women in their 80s are seeking to you know, scissor with and, and have their pussies ate by, like, you know, younger women, but I'm having saying that women in their 40s and 50s will seek out sexual conquests of younger women who are in their athletic prime and their physical prime and their most beautiful moments because it recaptures and reconnects them to a former beauty queen type life of theirs and they can kind of, it's like looking in a mirror, it's what all age groups in all sex groups, as they age, start to lust after young, younger members of their uh, societies because they see what they've lost and they see how they can exploit that and how to manipulate that. And it might have, you know, magical or Gnostic reasoning for it. A lot of times, sex is a sexual magic. There are types of rituals. There are types of public... Uh, you know, initiation ceremonies that have sexual orgasmic principles to them. 
but whatever the reasoning is for it, it is an apprenticeship between a younger woman and an older woman through sexuality and through sexual um, use, basically, uh, for the pleasure of the older woman, for the gratification of the older woman, you know, at the expense or, or with the use of the younger woman. Okay, Lauren is feeling okay. We have a message now from the chat that Lauren is feeling okay. She had a sudden um, bout of Havana syndrome, but she bounced back. She shrugged that shit off. She is bulletproof. She is back. Why do you yogis claim to meet beings in caves during meditation? Because there are beings in caves while they meditate. They need to be dug out of their underground cities and bunkers. Exactly, Dave Devron. When the pan, the international working class revolution, when that does occur, right? Um, when it does occur, when the green populist Texans start rising, right? The Texas Taliban takes uh, full place when the Texan Jihad occurs and the chains that have kept the majority, the millions of Texans who make up the blue collar and the working class are broken, and there is the day of the rope, and there is a great day of uh, revenge and revolution, the elite will defend themselves by bunkering in these tunnels, while, you know, the people on the surface basically uh, loot and burn the cities above them. And, and until... And unless the civilian population is prepared to take this war underground, to engage in deep underground military operations, then, um, you know, our art has allies and has experienced allies in subterranean warfare, either through military training in subterranean warfare or uh, private mercenary groups, even uh, the the inclusion of technologies and specialized weaponry and tactics and strategies, etc. The, uh, the simple matter of the fact is numbers. That there are still millions and millions to one. Like I said, that there are, was it, 330 million uh, Americans with a billion guns. There are 25 million Texans with a significant portion of those billions of weapons. And there is a very confident, you know, strategic value to that like even if they have these tunnels that the tunnels no defenses can last forever and uh forming a siege type environment uh underground is only buying you time from the inevitable the inevitable is that the the people you know can can get to you okay so yes yes lots to tell about human or trafficking crackdown here from Lauren, um, I know many people on the order of the Eastern are covert. Lauren, an island with a hundred evil men, the one good woman will turn them good, and vice versa. Totally, Satan is a lesbian woman with a gay man. Uh, yes, absolutely, I will agree that that's how they see it. Lauren Pritchard, Child Rescue Worldwide, lol, no Havana Syndrome. Okay, good now, good now. But then again, uh, you know... We do, we do suspect that you were targeted uh, by electronic uh, weaponry and everything, so that's just, you know, my honest opinion of it. 
yeah, no problem. Yeah, everyone, everyone in the chat, everyone going to listen to this on the podcast and everything, highly, highly advise you to go check out Lauren Pritchard Child Rescue Worldwide, Lauren Pritchard Child Rescue Austin, and Lauren Pritchard Jesus News. Now, those are three different YouTube channels. They're all Lauren Pritchard's channel. You know, sub to them. Um, you know, I believe she's using Lauren Pritchard Child Rescue Worldwide now as her active uh, but definitely just say, say, show your love. It's just a simple matter of clicks. You can spare the time, and it's deeply, deeply appreciated. And so, yeah, like this will just be a part one, I guess, of the two part Texas Tunnel discussion. The uh, Texas Tunnel episodes, um, I guess, we've broken down in two parts and uploaded, I guess, tonight. Like I said, we were going to finish it all and wrap it all up and dive deep into the subject, but i rather save it to when Lauren comes back and we can hit it and hit it hard and basically trade these first-hand experiences. Um, and absolutely, let's see, Lauren says, wasn't targeted, just did a cold weather run and got a little headache. Um, it, you know, as I said, the winter does a lot of strange things with migraines and with uh, headaches and with sinuses and everything like that. No problem. Life happens. Um, and, and no problem at all. And, and, you know, can't wait to have you back uh, tomorrow, hopefully. Um, but by then, it will be freezing. So this will date the video. This will date the episode a little bit. It will be in the, the sub-zero temperatures as far as Celsius is concerned. Um... <laughs> And so, uh, we'll be, uh, hopefully, um, yeah, see, you two are an amazing dynamic duo, much respect to the work, exactly, this will just be the, I won't even release this audio recording yet, I will save this, and it'll just be a four-hour episode, hopefully, uh, upload it tomorrow, I'm gonna leave this live stream up and everything, I said, it should have been longer, we talked for two hours, that's a long time, talk about this information, um, and we'll be speaking about for two more hours tomorrow at 7 p.m. Central. How does that work uh, for you, Lauren? Let me just get the the go-ahead from her in chat if she's listening to this still. Uh, 7 p.m. Circus Central Time. We'll be talking about this again. So for those listening in the podcast, for those listening to this recording, when it's uploaded, you know, chances are inevitably in the future when this has been uploaded, this is the midpoint of a, you know, two-part episode, an extra-long episode, and, um, yo, so great, yeah, circa tomorrow evening and everything like that, I, pro- I will be, uh, shooting for tomorrow evening, so if you're listening on the podcast, after the music break, you'll be jumping into the two, the second part of a two-parter are the, you know, the midpoint, the beginning of the second half of a extra-sized, you know, Texas-sized episode of tunnels, of human trafficking, of sex trafficking, of the uh, witnesses, of the investigators, of the realities behind them, uh, of our personal experiences, and what we're going to do in the future, what we're going to do against them, how we can we stop them, how can we bring this to light, and what their ultimate purpose in, in this whole puzzle could be. And we're talking about the extraterrestrial t- connection, we'll talk about supernatural connection, the occult connection, 
We'll talk about uh, the organized crime connection, the, the military connection, and we'll hopefully lay out a good map. We'll be able to describe a good map of locations and areas and cities that are to be investigated further uh, with for their links and for their their uh, in their roles and their importance in this um, deep underground uh, map of the United States, the shadow world of the United States, as it were. And um, you know, it'll be a great pleasure to bring you guys that information. It'll be a great pleasure to bring you guys. I know it's my honor and my privilege and my pleasure to be talking to Lauren to be talking to you guys. And um, he said, this is the end of the first night's worth of presentation. But if you're listening to the podcast after the music break, it'll be the continuation of the second half of the performance and everything. But for everyone on live stream, um, stick around. Just going to end the audio and everything, but uh, stick around for answers and uh, a little question and answer session. Okay, serious face. And so, yeah. Um, tunnels, subterranean society. tunnels and subterranean societies um, operated and gatekept by the Freemasons who control real estate in downtown uh, the major cities all these cities they they have maps of these tunnels they have maps of their entrances they have private planes they have personal vehicles convoys of SUVs they have um, all the school districts in their pocket all the police forces in their pocket all the military in their pocket and things like the National Guard etc so it's not a question of availability of space or operations it's a base it's about total control and it's such a large place they need many local access points to these places right so it's not just the fact that there's one or two entrances it's like the hollow earth for example these deep underground military bases in texas it's that each city has hundreds and hundreds of access points. And things like the valley, for example, it's not even a matter of um, if they have them. It's a matter of where they have them. And then where it's basically where isn't one, right? And that's how many tunnels they have. That's how many uh, deep underground military bases they have. That's how many of those facilities they have. And they operate almost in completely open sight. Um, for example, there was a butterfly sanctuary. There was a butterfly sanctuary in Mission, Texas. It had state funding. It was a national park for wildflowers to keep butterflies uh, fed and healthy and happy. And what it did was actually, it was constructed by... A, a very famous corrupt politician in the area named Cantu. Cantu is a Hillary Clinton supporter, massive Democrat power, complete Freemason, and he's absolutely uh, a part of like so this this international from Mexico to America. It doesn't really matter. The border doesn't exist. Uh, Mexican alliance with uh, you know Freemas Freemasons. You know exactly like uh, Democratic Freemasons the membership to this group, right? Like was, was very elite clientele. It was very public. They had access to children, 
schools, etc. would come by for field trips, um, support, state sponsorship, support, federal support, all of that. They ended up trying to stop the building of the border wall and tightening of border security. It got very political. It got very political. And they started getting targeted by QAnon. QAnon started connecting their imagery, their literature, their advertisements, their, you know, public face or their website, etc., in context with the FBI's released imagery of, like, in, you know, child endangerment of uh, pedophiles and, uh, you know, child traffickers, like in Pizzagate. Well, wouldn't you know it, you know, wouldn't you know it that most of that imagery was actually there, especially the butterfly on butterfly. And wouldn't you know it that Hillary Clinton actually came and visited that place once. And wouldn't you know it that it's now closed and that the staff is still getting paid, although it is now closed and fenced off to the public and because it's a state property and a federal a piece of a, is a state property is a state felony to actually trespass on those grounds now that it's officially closed to the public what were they trying to keep from being seen inside that building what were they trying to keep from being asked? What questions were they trying to keep from being asked? And why would the people who operated it, who were so politically uh, vocal about stopping the border wall and about stop uh, stopping any kind of shutdown for security, for border security, right? Any clampdown or any closures of the border. Now that Biden has won, now that Biden is president and the Democrats are in charge, why... Have they not opened again? If if QAnon is not a real thing, right? If, if no longer a threat or in power, why would a national or a state natural park? Why would that close down to the public? And it's because they have tunnels underneath them. It's because these places were constructed by construction companies and by construction leaders like Cantu who have connections with like Carlos Slim who controls CMEX and companies like that uh, figures like that have in other states already been busted for supporting what is very obviously child trafficking in Arizona CMEX, which is a concrete company, it, it stands for Concrete Mexico, right? CMEX, and it's a Mexican-owned and operated concrete company, right? They operate out of the United States and internationally. Now, the thing about a concrete quarry is that it's fucking huge. It's hundreds of acres of private property with a private security force. With, with trespassing, you know, charges pending for anyone to try to breach this at any point, right? And it's completely self-sufficient because it's just a concrete factory 
all land and purposes are for the, you know, uh, the needs of the concrete production, right? Doesn't need any other auditing, right? There's definitely no kids here. There's definitely no um, nomadic people living on the property, living on the stretches of acres of property. That there's definitely no uh, way that they could be there because we got our own security, don't you know? We would see that. And if they did, there would be no way they could have kids sleeping on mattresses and living in shacks in the desert. And there would no, there'd be no way there could be rape trees with fucking belts and straps set and tied to the tree designed to keep children in place There would be no way that could happen. There could be no way that could happen. Because if it's CMEX's property, wouldn't CMEX stop that? But, you see, this was just the case when a group of veterans, when a group of veterans who were independently investigating rumors of Mexican immigrants in the Arizona desert trafficking children for sex. When these veterans who had formed a militia, a vigilante group actually, and taking it upon themselves to go into the desert to track human movement to trespass on CMEX property following these movements to then find on CMEX property these camps these sheltered camps that were permanent camps they had been there for a while with mattresses children sized mattresses with children's toys and children's clothing and rape trees (laughs) already set up and it had appeared that the camps had been abandoned after having sustained a long time of use because this was exactly the case of what happened in Arizona these cement companies are one of the many front operations that Mexican groups and Mexican interests operate in connection with United States interests. I'm not saying Mexican in a racist way. I'm saying Mexican as in a Mexico, the country way. It's a real country. It exists. It's not racist to say Canadian. It's not racist to say English. It's not racist to say American. It's not racist to say Mexican. Right? So, but No, but Mexico is a real place. Mexican is exist. We're going to say Mexican a lot, so if you don't like that, you know, Fuck you. But if you love it, then welcome aboard. He's like, we're going to say Mexican a lot. Just start saying it. Mexican cartels, Mexican, you know, politicians, Mexican uh, <laughs> Freemasons, Mexican Jews. That's a good one. Mexican Jews. Jews in Mexico. It's a thing. Chinese Mexicans. There's Chinese Mexicans. There's, <laughs> there are. <laughs> there are blacks in Mexico. Black Mexicans. 
That's a thing, because you can be black and Mexican. You can also be Mexican and black. It's not necessarily either or or in that order. But it's not racist because they're our country, right? And so this is what I was saying, that the idea of these corporations that operate mostly from Mexican uh, standing with their paperwork and their headquarters and their business interests as being in Mexico, but operating within the United States, facilitating laborers, facilitating travel to and from, uh, getting all the paperwork set up, their family members, etc., are perfect excuses for getting people across and then housing them and then keeping them literally uh, in front of everyone's eyes. Like I said before, it's in front of everyone's eyes. They see it every day. They drive past it on their commutes to work or their travels in between cities. You see these places. You don't even think about what they are or what they serve or who owns them or operates them. Like the refineries down here in Corpus Christi, we drive. I drive every day past them if I'm going to go anywhere across the bay. You see these refineries springing up. You see them building up. You, and you don't ask because there's no way to know anymore what country of origin is operating the company, what subcontractors they're working with. And it's not your business anyway. You, it's like, I don't make a dime doing this. And so to actually do that effort is something that the reporters, the newspapers should be doing, the real news should be doing. But you realize that there is no real news. It's all owned by the Freemasons. It's all owned by East Coast interests at this point. Texas is completely absorbed to the system. Texas is, like I said, for as much as it wants to uh, bullshit and say, like, oh, no, it's it's totally independent and it's not part of the New World Order. Like I said, it's, it's all a lie. It's absolutely a part of the New World Order. Absolutely controlled by Freemasons. Absolutely controlled by the military. Absolutely controlled by big business. Um, interests, federal interests. Um, there is nothing independent about Texas. There's absolutely nothing independent about Texas. It is absolutely a part of the big, uh, the big New World Order machine. You know, it absolutely is sold out. It does not care about its citizens at all. It cares more about the billionaire Chinese refinery companies that are coming in. Uh, to help, you know, build a new factory so that they can exploit a uneducated, manipulatable, desperate workforce in the way of Texans uh, from the valley or from the country that are seeking good-paying jobs, but have no, le- like, no education in terms of legal protection or way of defending themselves if they get injured at work or if they get skipped over for pay or if they get shafted for promotion or anything. The Chinese know this and the Chinese consider the Texan worker less, they consider them less troublesome than the Chinese worker because the Texas worker is willing to suffer any abuse and the way Texas is designed employers suffer no consequence if they fire or terminate terms of employment for an employee for any reason. It's called a right-to-work state. And right-to-work basically means you have no rights as a worker. That all rights are in the hands of the employer, and you as an employee in Texas have absolutely zero ability to defend or protect yourself from their decisions in regards to your employment 
meaning you can do your job perfectly for 40 years, and your boss can say, I don't like you, you're fired. This is not the land of the free. This is not the land of real Americans or real people anymore. This is the land of businesses that have more power than God. Have more power than they ever, ever should. And they're trying to wage a civil war from the New World Order down into Texas using these companies as weapons, weaponizing their cultural uh, values, weaponizing their agenda, and everything, and just look at H-E-B, it's absolutely, the grocery store here, H-E-B, is absolutely a pawn of the New World Order system, they employ mostly uh, youths and uh, LGBTQ members, and, uh, you know, soy boys, basically, cucks, different kinds of weaklings and cowards um, that exert their petty salaries um, and control over their own employees while trying to muscle out any competition or independent you know, uh, market operators from, from local communities and everything. They try to present themselves as the friend of the people Yet they are the enemies, they're the biggest enemies of the people. They're the, because they're trying to monopolize food. And now that we're the, like the New World Order or, ordered the artificial uh, food crisis, right? The, the New World Order wants people to go hungry, to humiliate the people who are rebellious against their, their attempt to not be vaccinated, right? Because, you know, this is all the people's fault. Let them pay by taking away their cake. Right, exactly. Like, let them eat cake, but then when you know they fuck and they get mad about that, you take away the cake, and then they'll 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 beg for the cake back, hopefully, right? And um, they're trying to take away affordable food. They're trying to take away um, plentiful food. They're trying to take away a feeling of security, and they're trying to create a real life Hunger Games. Right? They think that people um, are worth starving. This is completely inhumane, anti-human. It's a war crime. It's crime against humanity. Everything like that, right? The artificial shortage that they've created is 100% based on workforce. Because the companies that have monopolized the food distribution responsibilities in America, for profit, mind you, Walmart, H-E-B, all your grocery store, big chains, etc., Sam's Club, etc. They are purposely keeping food from you. They are purposely keeping it in warehouses. What's the problem is they fired all their truck drivers. They fired all their blue-collar men. Their, their heterosexual employees. Their men who refused vaccines. The religious... Uh, the faithful in that way, the the independent citizen, uh, for various reasons and mentalities. But basically, if you stood up for yourself first and the company second, they fired you. Or they, they got rid of you. They've docked your hours. No one can escape it and no one can deny it. They've done this. This is why we have, a this is why we have an employment crisis. HEB has already admitted, all businesses have admitted there are too few workers to fill the much-needed spots in the 
gaps left over after the lockdown. Not because of corona, not because of the a virus killing people, not because of uh, injuries, and not because people got better jobs. It's because they were the, the hours were already slashed. By 2019, by 2020, most of the jobs that were kept were skeleton crews at that. 2020 was going to happen no matter what. The great lockdown, great reset, get great collapse was going to happen no matter what. Because they were firing and separating more people, retiring more people, right? Cutting the hours of more people than they were able to hire on. Because their unicorn fantasy idea doesn't exist in real life, all right? There are no blue-collar uh, men willing to work overtime hours in the cold and in the heat night and day shifts in Texas that are members of the LGBTQ Democratic voting minority groups that they desperately sought to diversify their hires, right? To create this image of a 21st century workforce. I'm sorry that there's just not enough lesbian truckers of color to fulfill HEB's demands of a progressive democratically uh, sponsored malleable workforce in, in, in their fantasy world that exists in reality it doesn't even in cities like Houston and Dallas it's motherfuckers like me that used to keep the world going right just big motherfuckers burly motherfuckers who spoke our mind who got the job done we carried heavy shit we did the hard work we, we did it with smiles on our face because there was a way of getting houses and playing house, basically. Two, two cars in the driveway, a fence, dog, children. They reduced our pay. They um, slashed our pay at first. So there's no distinguishment between uh, the super poor and the, ri- or the wealthy and the middle class anymore because everyone's a, like basically rock bottom still, right? Always coming out zero at the end of it, not being able to save anything. Uh, living paycheck to paycheck, right? And then they started overtly persecuting us. Overtly persecuting us. Where we couldn't express any political values or, or, or tendencies that weren't already sponsored by them. That they started really targeting, um, individuals. Like, through, through, like inconceivable parameters. Like if if you were sexually harassed at work, you know, through homosexual ways or, or by a homosexual supervisor or a coworker, and you complained about it, then you were separated, or your hours were cut, or your shift was changed against your will because they were considering you the problem not being progressive enough for a 21st century work environment. Then the masks. The masks were, like, you you honestly can't look me in the eyes. Unless you had kids and, like, you know, had cancer or something and you had to have a job, you know, and you could not absolutely fight at all against the system. But the mask mandate? If you worked for HEB, for example, you are a fucking cuck. 
because they made everyone do that shit and no one fought back. Exactly. If you didn't fight back, if you didn't resist, if you didn't just exactly by this point, like, and this is why they can't get dog food on the aisles. Literally. Go to H-E-B's now, there's no dog food on the aisles. All the heavy stuff is gone. Because you can tell, like, no one they employ can lift more than 40 or 50 pounds. And that's really a dig on them. Exactly. Everyone else that you see that's actually doing any kind of stalking or lifting is from a third-party contractor. Like the guy stalking Coca-Colas and shit. Who works for the Coca-Cola company. Not H-E-B. Because H-E-B has his own thing. So, I mean, it's getting quite possible. Yeah, that the, it's like that inversely over there. In the South, in the subterranean world. Inversely in the subterranean world. Where... In these hollow, or in these deep underground military bases, the perverse elements of society that I just railed about as being now overt in our world, but for the most part are still subvert in our world, or overt in the underworld, in which the only way to get promotion in these middle classes, in these rat races, is to be more not just straight offensive but more um, more invested into the ways of Babylon let's just say that more invested into the ways of Sodom and Gomorrah because that in their inverted twisted psychopath way is allegiance to a system in many ways a rejection of God and, and of the truth and of light and of like you know real human nature because whether or not you believe in God Allah whatever personification or force you believe in human nature is what's really getting perverted and you can tell that there's a test going on in which that whenever you say human nature the instinct is to say in the in the new world order if you're brainwashed what is human nature to ask for that because they don't want you to be able to define human nature they want to be able to define human nature and their definition is everything else except what human nature truly is there was a video that went viral of uh, the speaker asking trans people what a woman is for example and no one can define what a woman is and then they try to say well it justifies the fact that we can't define it that it could be anything it's like no because they are refusing to define it. They are refusing to actually see the truth behind what human nature is, what human kindness is. Because in their subverted world, which exists in secrecy, mind you, completely concealed in secret, because they know, they know that the people on the surface, the great majority, would see their behavior and wage war against them until they were defeated and that their system is so toxic and so poisonous to society inherently it's like like it just it is a poison it is a poison to humanity it is a poison and a toxin to human will and human strength right it is weakness because everything about their society is inverted where weakness is their virtue 
power, like like uh, addiction and uh, powerlessness is is their like calling card. That they know they can't win a war against us. That even though their society is bred to make them vicious and to make them like bloodthirsty and cannibals and perverts and like rapists and shit, Sodom and Gomorrah, that they against good people who are fighting with the Lord on their side, they don't stand a chance. Even in their subterranean world, even with their technology and their weapons, they have missiles, they have chemical weapons, they have automatic rifles, they have you know, artillery, they have ships, aircraft, all that. That even with all of that, because their society is inverted and they want to keep all that power in the hands of less than a thousand people, right? Like this is how it is. the subterranean world. Even though it connects all these cities, and even though it's Texas and it has millions of people ultimately down there, right? Just as many people on the top, just as many people down there. Just like that movie, uh, Us. Anyone see Us in the chat room? Um, that that movie with the 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 family, and there's all these clones, and they're wearing like red jumpsuits and shit, and they can't talk, but they go like, and it's like all fucking weird. And then they start murdering them. Well, there's a movie called Us. Right? There's a movie called Us. And it's 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 about that. Where just as many people live on the surface, living their lives, going on vacation and shit, thinking this is how life is, right? Thinking this is normal. They know everything and that they have a grasp on everything. They don't realize that the government has implemented this um, this cloning program. This cloning program. Actually, I'll pull it up right now. I hope you guys see it because this movie is really cool. It's a. It's like uh, Get Out is uh, Get Out is this guy's famous movie, right? So I don't know if you guys watched Get Out by uh, by this director. Okay, hold on one second. Damn. It's called technology, motherfucker. Hold on a second. Alright, you can see that? Don't be heinous, motherfuckers. It's called technology. You guys should watch more movies. Alright, so you see a family, right? And then you got these fucking guys in jumpsuits show up, and they're the family's clones, right? And these fucking clones have broken free from the cloning laboratories underneath the ground. Because that house has a house underneath it where this family fucking lived. And it's the clones of the clone family, right? You get it? You fucking get it? It's right in front of everyone's face. See, they got red jumpsuits. They look like Slipknot. I didn't make this movie. Right. 
See? They look like Slipknot. They wear red jumpsuits and they go, ah. You saw that, right? Everyone in the chat room, uh, Dr. Uh, D. Cabrera, Lol Nabra, you saw that, right? You saw that it was the same fucking thing I said, right? There were people that looked exactly the same as the family. They wore red jumpsuits and they went, ah. It's a fucking movie. I'm not making that up. Two hours of it called Us, Jordan Peele. Look it up, bitch. Watch more movies. <laughs> and so, yeah, um, disclosure right in front of everybody's face. And they're showing it in Hollywood. Right now, it's that movie came out. The guy got famous for Get Out, which is, you know, it just kind of got lost in the, the translation. It's a really good movie, though. And, uh, yeah, it, the clones. Clones. As, as everyone lives on the surface, there's a clone for you underground. The society is completely like ours, but it's upside down. And I'm, I wouldn't say it's everybody, but I would say it's like, you know, it's a lot of people. There's millions of people underground. And I think that these towns that they've made underground are like San Antonio, Houston, Dallas, Austin, uh, Corpus Christi, El Paso, etc. They all have little towns underneath them, little cities underneath them, made of slaves. And those slaves are just like that. Like they've had their voice boxes removed so they can't talk. And, and like I said, like there's homeless people, so they don't care what you say. But over there, if you don't have anything, then you, you're kept. Like it's like... Uh, Exactly, the organ harvesting part of it. No, it's exactly like, you know what I'm saying? Like, this. No, like, exactly, like, get out. Like, they can, they can, they can put, like, a person's soul inside another person's body and shit. And they're telling you in those movies that these societies exist. These societies fucking know how to do this shit, and they exist. And Texas is no different. Texas is all... Like you said, it's one of those things where if you don't know what you're looking for, you don't see it. But when you start opening your eyes, it's all there. It's all fucking there. You know, Houston, for example, has the most missing children. That's just absolutely the leading case in missing children is in Houston, Texas. Hmm? It's, it's indefensible and it's right in front of everybody's face. And there's no, there's no investigations to it. There's very little. Like the Antebellum movie, exactly. That if you're not careful, and if you don't know have anyone to miss you, you might go missing. You might go missing, and you might wake up in a cell being transported underground 
because your bosses or your teachers or your, I don't know, your masters of any kind, right, may have been part of the Freemasonic group that runs that city. And they've been following you your whole life. They have paperwork on you. They know, because they might know if your parents are dead, for example, because they're parts of the police. Say, say your father's in jail. You know, your mother's a drug addict. She gets arrested. They know that, right? So they put you in state housing, in, in a foster care. You, you fucking know everybody involved in that is a Freemason. And everybody not involved with that, their bosses are the Freemasons. And they're the ones who can make people disappear. And when using the Mexican connection, the Mexican cartel and everything, it becomes even more eye-opening that Texas is absolutely ground zero for human trafficking into these subterranean worlds. 800 missing Mexican women per year in Cuyodad Horaz. Or Ciudad Horaz. I don't know how to say it. Cuyodad Horaz. Horaz. Mexico, right? Fucking, um... The city of Juarez. There. I can say it that way. The city of Juarez. J-U-A-R-E-Z. It's basically outside of Laredo. Oh, no. It's outside of, uh, Brownsville. Or is it outside of Laredo? Where your dad Rod is El Paso I was wrong in both cases El Paso And it's missing women Let alone missing people But just it's missing women just it's it's not even it's not even a conspiracy theory this is actually the thing that's going on uh, I'll help you guys see on the live and everything and I'll read it to the podcast that's listening right now <coughs> the city of silence the dark mystery of Cuaridad Juarez in Mexico where 1500 women and girls have been brutally murdered and dumped in the desert since 1993 And this is from a British newspaper called thesun.co.uk on the website, right? So the Sun is a British, British tabloid, basically. The City of Silence, the dark mystery of Cuaridad Juarez in Mexico, where 1,500 women and girls have been brutally murdered and dumped in the desert since 1993. And that's right outside of Dallas, or El Paso. Right outside El Paso. Which is known as Hell Paso. And where is El Paso? 
far west Texas. As I said, I think there's tunnels that connect that area to other major cities, but like I said, I think it's more a matter of that each of these areas operates locally. Um, there's a massive amount of distance between Texas cities. Hours of hours of distance. And while that distance is coverable with high technology like maglev trains with aircraft what you're seeing there is that's the local population taking advantage of their impoverished vulnerable female population of working class people they're Mexican basically those are victims of the elites not to locals, not gangs, not street thugs, not serial killers. Well, yes, they're serial killers, but this is all ritualized. This is absolutely organized. This is ritualized. This is from the very top. The mayor, the the people who teach at the university are involved, the Freemasonic chief of police, the sheriff, government officials from various branches, because Freemasonic rituals... Like I said, it inverts down to the tops of these places and both societies, surface and subterranean, engage in sex rituals that oftentimes involve human sacrifice. It oftentimes takes virgin sacrifice. Um, I know that sounds very cheesy, but that's exactly what it is. Those 1,500 girls are not unique. They're just obvious because of El Paso being in the middle of fucking nowhere. Right, there's 800 miles of nothing around El Paso. In Brownsville, in Laredo, in Corpus Christi, in Dallas, in San Antonio, Austin, Houston, Dallas. I, I, I mean, uh, uh, all the other cities, right? Fort Worth. Those 1,500 girls over 30 years double that triple that triple that figure and call them missing people call them amber alerts call them runaway girls call them drug overdoses call them Prisoners, right? Women who just go to jail, never come back. Because that's what's going on every every year. It's adding to it, adding to their numbers of victims. Because those 1,500 girls could be found any number of neighborhoods, ghettos, barrios, uh, housing projects. All across Texas, every single major city has thousands and thousands of vulnerable, at-risk, working-class girls who've grown up in poverty, who, if the right paperwork was written down, would conveniently go missing into a system that's huge, a system with 25 million people to draw from, and a state that is purposely made desperate purposely made impoverished purposely made heartless and insensitive due to the evil 
sorceries and magic of these Gnostic occultists, these Kabbalists, these Freemasons, this synagogue of Satan, and its operations, its creation of a subterranean civilization using the resources of the United States military, the Mexican cartels, towns, police forces, private contractors, construction companies, both domestic and international, over the course of a century to construct a massive labyrinthian network of connected subterranean cities filled with the inverted, evil, perverted utopian and populations of their elite to live in basically Westworld are like um, I don't even know what other evil fantasy makes more sense in that kind of sense where they are they're acting like Romans. They're acting like ancient Greek slave masters, ancient Babylonians from the Bible and shit. And treating people like cattle, treating people like animals, treating people like dogs um, to be owned, to be traded, to be put down. They rule in a bizarro America. That if you were down there, would look like America, but would have everything inverted and reversed, everything perverted. And even though it would be extremely toxic and poisonous to your soul, if you were a live and natural human being, every instinct in your body would tell you that this was wrong. That they hope to create that world on the surface but because they know that y- y- everyone would hate it they know that the righteous and the you know the people saved in Christ basically the people with light the people who are sent to this world and into this life again and again to fight the good fight to fight for you know what's right and and try to spread as much light into this world you know, they, they know that, that, that we would destroy them, that we would seek them out, that we would stop them. So they have to keep secret. Their entire world is lies. Their entire world is secrecy. So the only way we can see it is if we become wise to it, as wise as serpents. We got to start seeing their symbolism, their occult codes. We got to start investigating the cities. We got to start urban exploring and breaking into buildings and going into tunnels and sewers and shit um, without permission, fuck it start trespassing, start um, kicking a lot of ass and taking a lot of names, like, you don't have to be violent if you don't want to, but at the same time don't take no for an answer, and you know urban explore, urban explore, get GoPro cameras, live stream that shit as you go into downtown hospital districts and shit and start looking into stuff um, the, the elevators alone, there have been so many reports of elevators that seem to descend 
deep, deep, deep into the ground in Houston, deep, deep into the ground in Dallas, far deeper than basement level. I mean, like, it looks... Like, I've seen some shady footage of it before, old VHS era and stuff, but no, it has to be a real organized push to try to illuminate, to try to show as much of the internal subterranean workings of Dallas, of Houston, of Austin, of San Antonio as possible. To go into small towns to do the exact same thing there, investigate, explore, ask questions, put cameras up, uh, set up, you know, networks of, of informants and stuff because we have lost absolute control as the people in Texas. And while we have the numbers, we definitely don't have the, the knowledge. Um, there was a city, for example, and I guess I'll close this in the last two hours of it. I'll close this up in the last ten minutes. Called Ira Ann. Ira Ann, spelt I-R-A-A-N. Iran. Right? So, Ira Ann. I-R-A-A-N. Iran. Iran, Texas. On the map. It's a fracking town. Meaning that it's a town that's completely owned by fracking companies. To the point that it's not a town, it's a front for fracking companies. No one lives in this town. There's some controversy of who built the town, when it was built, and for what purposes. The main theory is that everyone in the town was basically bought and and moved, right? Was purchased and moved. My theory is that the town is completely artificially constructed from day one and made to look like an old Texas town to blend in, but it was made by oil companies, specifically Middle Eastern oil companies. Um, So they created this small town complete with high school football field, um, Dairy Queen, um, housing, uh, neighborhoods, uh, apartments, uh, downtown area. It's like a, it's a it's a few street light town. It's not supposed to be big, right? It's supposed to be a town of like I mean a town of maybe ten thousand people, right? And if you look on Facebook, they even have people who are paid to post that they live in Ira Ann, Texas, that their families do. That they attend things there, like football games, and go to dinner, and have church on Sundays, like all good Texas towns. But there have been, over the last decade, tens if not twenty urban explorers, right? Like in the tens, I would say twenty, twenty or so people that I've seen on different channels, explore Ira Ann. And there ain't a fucking person that lives there. The houses are empty. The windows sometimes just put on exteriors of empty houses. The football stadium on Fridays pumps noises of a recorded football game including cheers and applause from an audience and whistles and ref calls. Um, 
But there would be no one on the field. There will be no one in the stands. The restaurant's lights are all on at night. No one works there. They have recorded driving around Ira Ant and not seeing a single car over the course of hours except for sheriff's deputies and state troopers who obviously come to, you know, follow very closely until the people leave. Ira Ann is a perfect example of the power that these people have over reality. That even though we, as wakened people, as lumined people, can see through the bullshit, cannot be fooled by their efforts, because we understand what a real town looks like, we're real people. Right? We're real human beings. That's a decoy town. That's a mimic town. That's a that's a dummy town. They see that's like a like you know, a duck decoy or a deer decoy. It's just made to fool and deceive and to be fake, but to look real. Because they have to keep the secret of what they're really doing, because they truly know that we have the power. We have the force, we have the the right, we have the might, and we have the numbers. We have the experience and we have the skill. They have the money, and that lets them buy all the media, all the construction companies, all the all the all the shit that actually moves things in the real world around. So they can put up their fake little town and they can fake their numbers. And they can fake the paperwork, and they can create entire fake, on paper cities, on on um, on computers, people that account for the missing people, that account for the people that never were, that account for the people who are born underground, and who are a part of the system but that real people will never meet. So for everyone born, say, underground in Austin, their social security number, their paperwork, can be attributed to, say, a child in Ira Ann. And if that child is never reported missing. And if that child is given a identity that doesn't exist, well, did that child ever really exist? And I know even going that far is a stretch because why would they have to tell anyone at all? And that's reason why they try to get international children trafficked from Costa Rica, from Honduras, from South America, from Central America, through these immigrant caravans, through these migrant caravans, through the border, is because you're right. It's better to take children without pre-existing paperwork in the United States. Children that go through government processing centers run by border patrol agents 
which are all Freemasons, and at the very top are run by the Homeland of Security, or the Department of Homeland Security, and which is also part of the DOD and Pentagon. So it's all a militarized operation. It's all run by Freemasons. And it's basically them paying for up to $50,000 a child in United States money foreign children without paper trails so they can constantly supply their inverted beast system that's run on cannibalism and pedophilia both metaphorically and, symbol- and, and, and literally that operates in the shadows literally underneath the feet of real Americans who like in the movie Us live their lives day to day thinking that they're big city people with big city lives and that they understand how the world really works because they go on vacations to lake houses because they have families because they have jobs because they have things and their clones and their counterparts people just like them live in open slavery while they live in secret slavery while we live in secret slavery on the surface world they live in open slavery in the under earth right underneath the feet of everyone in Texas small town big town doesn't matter Texas has a lot of secrets I hope you guys continue to join me for these lives. I go to live every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I go live every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at either 7 or 8 p.m., depending on my schedule for that day. I would try to keep in the evening or the afternoon. I also uh, have a tendency of going live around noon on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays as well. So... I will try to give a little head heads up on my Instagram and uh, Twitter, etc., so you guys can catch me here. I know this is a very popular uh, platform, social media platform, and uh, typically I go live on YouTube. Typically I've been going live on YouTube as well, so you can check me out there. I'm currently suspended for a week, but we'll regain simultaneously live streaming on YouTube here and recording for the podcast. As you can tell... Recording for the podcast is, uh, you know, top priority and everything. And I highly encourage everyone to go check out the podcast. Anchor FM slash Beyond Top Secret Texan is the home site. You can find me on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Podbreaker, uh, Podbean, Podbay, Radio Free Public, iHeartRadio. Um, you can find me everywhere, basically. Podcasts are distributed and podcasts are available. I absolutely put myself out there. I think I'm on 15 different networks right now, and the RSS is constantly being added to new ones, so it's always adding more to it. And so, yeah, definitely just Google Beyond Top Secret Texan for everyone in the live chat right now. Check out the Instagram. Check out the... Um, TikTok, Beyond Top Secret Texas, second TikTok channel, first one was taken down at 37,000 subscribers, 270,000 likes, 
140 million views. So definitely check out the new TikTok. We're trying to build it 10 times better. Get 370,000 likes. 270 million, uh, or 370,000 fans, 270 million likes, and then 1 billion, 400 million views. And, you know, that's actually not, that's not impossible for TikTok, to be honest. That's, that's completely doable. So let's get on it, guys. Jump on that. Check out the Beyond Top Secret Text and TikTok. Uh, basically, stick around. Always be coming out with news material. Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays is your time to check me out, though. Uh, when I'm always going to be here. So thank you very much. Peace out, guys.